welcome to uh, this edition of the Cordell and Cordell podcast and uh, via audio and uh, telephonic we're going to be joined by one of our attorneys here. Uh, we're going to continue the series as it relates to divorce before, during and after for guys in dealing with COVID-19. And uh, keep in mind, as with every podcast slash webinar or video, this is not to be taken as legal advice. I'm licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. And today's guest uh, is only licensed in Texas. So I know there are guys out there around the country that uh, we, we can help, certainly, because we have uh, 37 states that are covered, as well as over 100 offices around the country, including the UK. So make sure not to uh, take anything we talk about today as legal advice. It really is uh, intended to stimulate a conversation, uh, talking points for you, uh, to take to your attorney or to bring into us if you want to have a consultation. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the opportunities if you want uh, to come into Cordell & Cordell at the end of the segment. So I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell & Cordell. And again, welcome. We're going to talk a little bit today about how to be proactive, uh, what guys should be doing and what steps they should be taking uh, during this crisis and really as it continues because in the last segment we talked a lot about legal custody I had my guest, Kristen Zurich, uh, a partner with Cordell & Cordell, talk a little bit about the things that you should be doing now, but really that these will move forward and likely still be in place. So there's a lot of things that uh, my guest today, I imagine, will give to you that we can apply moving forward. So I am joined uh, today by, uh, with Kelly Burris, who is a partner, uh, litigation partner with Cordell & Cordell, uh, licensed in Texas and board certified uh, by the Texas Board of Specialization in Family Law. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. It's nice to be here to hopefully help help our listeners uh, get through some of these trying times today. Yeah. So, Kelly, I know uh, you had an opportunity to talk to guys from around the country on our uh, live webinar that we did. And I want to kind of go through some more of those things in detail uh, where we can just focus on that rather than all the issues surrounding divorce. And particularly uh, as they become, you know, thinking about being proactive, I assume your recommendation, like we did with legal custody and all matters, is first and foremost, go get your decree and pull it out and review it, right? Absolutely. I mean, knowing exactly what that thing says is going to be crucial, um, you know, given even with the exchanges, every, even with everything changing, uh, the decree, for the most part, is still going to trump anything that's, you know, else that's going on. Yeah. So really the key, I think, here with anything, whether it be physical custody, custody exchanges, legal custody, uh, dealing with your kids on a daily basis, um, what would you recommend in terms of communication? Uh, what should guys be thinking about uh, just you know today about communicating with either their spouse or ex? Well, you know, I mean, in any custody case, the difference really comes through the documentation and making sure that you are documenting all of the communication, everything that you're doing first and foremost, um, that is really the evidence that you're gonna need to show involvement in court. And that's true whether we're going through this type of uh, crisis or just regularly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, emails, and this is a great opportunity, honestly, because you have to document pretty much everything that you're communicating right now. So being proactive in uh, emails, uh, text messages, saving all of that, contact, the first thing you need to be doing is contacting and attempting to co-parent. Um, and doing that in a way that's very uh, cooperative and professional. Uh, and making sure you're saving all of those communications. Mm -hmm. So the first thing would be to contact the co-parent, 
attempt to see get on the same page as far as where your what your kids are doing how they're learning what communications from the school that either parent may have had um, to make sure that it's clear that the efforts that you're making uh, to co-parent secondly if you're having issues with the co-parenting or um, if it's if it's you're able to contact the school directly making sure that you're getting the same communication that your uh, co-parent is getting to to be sure that the kids are are getting what they need from the school extracurricular activities um, that you know what all the kids are supposed to be doing while they're home and while they're with you you know it's interesting as we talk through this sometimes a listener and the guys out there are thinking are, well, you know, I'm in the middle of my divorce. I'm not divorced already. And, and, and keep in mind that I think everything we talk about applies to guys, you know, thinking about divorce, on the cusp of filing for divorce, in the middle of a divorce and after. And that's why we always mention the before, during and after. Um, these are opportunities, don't you agree, uh, Kelly, that by keeping you know notes by emailing and and more particularly keeping a diary aren't they just really building evidence to support their case if they're in the middle of it whether it be physical or legal or anything in, re in regards to uh, the relationship with their kids don't you think that's important it applies all the way across absolutely i mean i always kind of say that in custody cases it's not necessarily what the truth is it's what you can prove it is uh, so, you know, in these cases, it's a lot of times he said, she said, and the documentation and, and knowing specifically what's gone on in the home in detail is going to be the difference between succeeding in a custody case and not. Mm -hmm. And three months from now, four months from now, five months from now, when the courts open, you're not going to remember what your kids were scheduled to do today or what your involvement was with your kids when you have them at the last period of possession or even probably what the schedule was. So making sure that you're writing all of that down, continuing to keep a custody calendar, even if it seems that those things are daily and not don't don't seem very important. I always counsel clients to be sure you're even documenting, did you make them dinner that day? Especially if you and your spouse are are still residing together, you and the parent or other parent are still residing together documenting who's doing what for the children mm -hmm. is very important because when she gets up there she's going to say I did everything for the kids during this time I was homeschooling I was working I was doing everything and he wasn't doing anything so making sure that you're writing down hey who's doing the virtual my my daughter had virtual dance classes this week so who's doing the virtual dance classes with the kids you know who's mm -hmm. um doing the e-learning who's setting up the the uh passwords and all of the things that they're going to need for their homeschooling who's drafting the schedule you know if you can be the one that handwrites or creates the schedule so you can go in and testify in court that this is the schedule i i created and and made for my kids whether you're living with the other spouse or not you know having those kinds of that kind of written documentation is is the difference between mm. winning and losing yeah you know it's never get in a he said she said because he loses don't you think Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, I mean, the the I think that the uh, you know, it, when all else is equal, what judges tend to do is give the mom just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, even if you have judges that are relatively dad friendly. I yeah. mean, they just kind of assume that mom is the more accurate party when all else is is equal. Um, and so having that 
and and I will tell you in most cases moms don't keep that kind of documentation they sort of assume that I'm the mom mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna be believed that I'm the one doing all of the the work and so when we have dads that come in with a lot of written evidence and a lot of written documentation that that kind of pushes us up a lot of the times well over where where you know parties that come in that have n- no documentation at all yeah. You bring up a good point to transition into something of importance to guys, you know, either on the precipice or before, during, and after. Again, this applies the gambit of guys that have kids at home, e-learning, a new uh, lifestyle for many, many people across the world, not just the nation, uh, about e-learning. And what should guys do right now to position themselves Uh, in the appropriate way from a judge's perspective on e-learning and how do they stay involved uh, right now? Let's just assume that they don't have custody full-time, that they're, you know, they, maybe it's 50-50, maybe it's, you know, one night a week, every other week, and if they're lucky to get that right now, how do they stay involved and put themselves in the right position from a judge's perspective? Well, making sure that you know exactly what the the school's expectations for your children's grades, what they're supposed to be doing online, if there are extra worksheets, extra things that they're supposed to be doing for school. So even if you only have them one day a week, being able to show that on that one day a week, you knew exactly what they were doing, that you've you've attempted at least to communicate with the other parent as to how much schoolwork was done with the other parent and how much schoolwork needs to be done with you. Um, and if that, you know, after making that attempt, if you're just getting nowhere, I mean, again, that's kind of good evidence if you're attempting to co-parent and the other parents not giving you any information that's good evidence um, and if that is happening then just take it upon yourself to know exactly what the school is requiring um, if you can and if that's just not maybe the school hasn't gotten stuff out or your kids have other some other kind of situation there are multiple online um, learning tools that you can use my kids have about 15 of them um, that we go and and use regularly uh, also one of the things that you can try to do is if the school has um, some kind of e-learning system that they're using and different parties have different passwords set up a separate password p- potentially for you versus what maybe the other party has there may be a way to get access to who's on when and if you can document that you were working with your kids and you show that hey an hour two hours every time i had them i was on this program that's again going to be good evidence for you to use in court yeah and again i think with anything keeping a consistent schedule uh, communicate with your spouse hey what are you doing what's the schedule you have for the kids that way you're not in a situation where you get to court and say well you know the reason the kids did poorly in you know this online e-learning is because they didn't maintain the same schedule i had don't you think Again, communication and you know keep a good journal of uh, the same schedule and what's going on on the daily activities, don't you think? Absolutely, communication is really key. Um, and again, even if you know in the past you've not gotten a lot of feedback from the other parent, and your concern is that well, I don't really feel like she's responding to anything I've sent her in the past, so why would I do it now? Mm-hmm. Keep trying, yeah. because what happens when she gets to court is she'll say, well, you know, 
three months ago, things were very different. And, you know, we were getting our communication some other way. And now he just didn't communicate. Yeah. So that's his fault, not mine. And I would have communicated had he tried. And so you want to be sure you're continuing to document your efforts to communicate. Um, and that doesn't mean sending a text message every five minutes, but, you know, once a day checking in to see how the kids are doing and what's, what progress they're making in school. Um, trying trying the best you can to be on the same page even if you're getting nothing in response yeah that's good stuff so uh, let's continue on uh, talking about opportunities and challenges Kelly but first we're going to take a very short break and when we get back we'll continue the conversation regarding how guys should be proactive we're going to talk a little bit about opportunities and challenges that they have with uh, the e-learning and the communication with teachers so we'll be right back after this break Kelly, we're back after the break. I uh, wanted to talk more about some of the challenges guys have and the things that come to mind really are um, perhaps the, the inefficiencies of the communication system from teachers to parents and maybe guys are out there, they're not on the list, they're not on the email chain, they're not seeing the daily homework uh, emails coming out. What should guys be doing right now to ensure that they play their part, uh, that they get participation? Uh, especially in light of potential upcoming hearings and, and they get through and talk about physical and legal custody? Uh, well, if you're, again, if you if you can get that information uh, directly from the school, that's the best way probably to go about it so you're not having to rely on the other parent. Um, if you haven't been getting that information in the past, email your child's school. If you don't know who the teacher is and you don't have the teacher's contact information, then email the front desk. And if they're not inclined to give you information and you have a court order, then send the court order to the, to the school showing that you have that access. If you don't have a court order, then your spouse, um, unless there's some other issue, they shouldn't be denying you access and they shouldn't be denying you being on that email chain. Um, now, again, if you can co-parent and you can get that the email information and ask for that from the the other parent, you know, first say, hey, I don't have the email for the teacher. Can you please send me that? Um, can you please send me all of the information you're getting from the teacher? But I think also it's it's important to be proactive. So when you go to court, the judge doesn't say, well, you know, mom is really doing everything and she's the one that's the contact with the the teacher and you're just relying on mom. Mm -hmm. um, if you can get that keep up with that information directly from the school, that's, you know, that really goes to show that you're making an effort at involvement that doesn't necessarily have to involve mom all the time. Um, and that you're being proactive in, in kind of having a pr more primary role. Yeah. You know, this time more than ever, when you have a, a crisis like this, like we've never seen. And, uh, as I was, uh, even speaking to the attorneys, you know, Cordell and Cordell is that, most of this generation has never been through a crisis like this. And, uh, you know, 9-11 was as close as we got, and they were young then, uh, this generation was. And so we've got a generation of younger dads who perhaps have never had to deal with the crisis and anxiety. So 
What should guys do out there uh, with themselves and how do they deal with that and, the, and their kids and dealing with the anxiety that's uh, surrounded by all of these new things that they have to do? Well, I think that one thing is to address your child's anxiety. If your kids are feeling anxious about what's going on, they're missing social interaction, they're stressed out, talking to them about the situation, and obviously it depends on your children's age, but even young children, um, you know, you can explain that uh, th this is a crisis at a time and, and we're gonna be okay, but we're doing this so we can be okay. And everything's gonna be fine, but we need to follow these instructions um, and we need to do these things so that, that we all can be okay. And mm -hmm. you can start, we can all start back life the way it was. Making sure also turn off the news. Um, if, you're, if you have CNN or Fox News on 24-7, that's not a good thing for your kids to be seeing every yeah. day. So, um, you know, get your news and I and I, I try to keep up with the news. I want to know exactly what's going on, but I, I kind of watch the news after my kids are in bed or I read the newspaper on my iPad instead of having CNN blaring 24 seven. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and address that, you know, acknowledge that you're going to have some stress too, whether that comes from this crisis or just being in a completely new role, trying to work and homeschool and do all, especially if you're able to work from home or if you're not, if you've lost a job, I mean, that's extremely, extremely stressful. So acknowledge that you're gonna have some stress and, and some anxiety as well. Um, trying to minimize your children's exposure to that, but also give yourself a break. Um, you know, with the homeschooling, you know, I, I heard something really recently that was very helpful to me and that most kids when they're in school, especially younger children, are getting about two to three hours of really solid instruction a day. So your kids don't need to be doing seven hours of homeschooling, you know, and don't beat yourself up if you can't get them more than a couple of hours a day. Um, you know, it's it's much more important for you guys to hang on to your mental health and well-being than make sure your kids are going up and, and doing much better than every other kid in school at this point. Okay. So make sure that you guys are all just feeling better and feeling okay and always do kind of an emotional check-in with your family. One of the things that seems obvious with uh, two working parents or even if you know you, dads have custody for part of the week and what do guys do about childcare? Uh, let's just say that they're not, uh, there may be an essential business that's not, uh, that is exempted from a shelter in place similar to the legal profession where, you know, we're at work. Uh, we've got uh, clients to represent. We've got things to do. We've got to maintain our ethical obligations. We may have guys out there that trying to balance uh, their possession of their kids, trying to get them to e-learn in childcare. What do they do? It's tough. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, you know, the a lot of child care centers are closed. Schools are closed around the country. Um, and if you're an essential practice, you can't you can't work from home. You know who do you get to watch your kiddo? And most parents will use a family member, um, especially a parent, an elderly parent. And that might not be something that's such a good idea at this time, given that that this uh, you know that this virus affects the older population so much more um, is is so much more difficult for them. So you know if you can, um, if all parties have been quarantined, your kids haven't been around anyone else for 14 to 20 days, and your um, you know family is in the older family members are in the same, then that may be something you can consider. If not, uh, maybe you don't have family members that live local that can help out. Um, you know, there are plenty of caregivers right now that are out of work mm -hmm. uh, and that are trying to practice social distancing and that would be happy to have uh, some extra employment um, taking care of children. So that's also another option. Smaller uh, 
child care centers are, are sometimes open as well. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, we always have to think about the co-parenting and judges are probably, you know, it really depends on your situation. So it is a case by case basis. But many judges feel that if if possible, a parent should be taking care of the children. Mm-hmm. So attempting to work out a possession schedule between you and your maybe soon to be ex or ex that is a little bit more generous than what you guys have been doing with the kids in school. Um, and that includes them as well. So if they're in, you know, maybe you have a doctor or a nurse as a, as a co-parent and they've got to be uh, at work a lot. So, you know, offer, make sure you're offering to take the children if you can and vice versa if that's a workable solution. Now, mm-hmm. again, it's a case by case basis, um, but those are some different options. Yeah. That brings up, you know, as you bring people into the home, whether it be for necessity, socialization, uh, who should be around, what should, what limits should you be putting on who's coming into the home to keep it healthy and safe and obviously not produce evidence for your spouse to use against you about, and you know, you can turn anything into evidence, right? Uh, You can say, oh, you brought in four people and that's very reckless. And you just want to be careful, don't you, about socialization and who's coming in and out of the home? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have a social butterfly. My seven-year-old's a social butterfly, and this is very difficult for her. Um, And I have been a lot more generous with allowing her to FaceTime family members, FaceTime uh, her friends. We have basically a list of about eight, eight eight or nine of her friends that she FaceTimes with regularly. And, you know, Screen time was something that we were all very cautious about and, and had a lot of control over. But the type of screen time you have, I think, varies, is very different. So FaceTiming right now, even though you might want to consider that screen time, might be something that you mm-hmm. use separately uh, because that's, that's their only socialization at this point for many, many children. So being a little bit more generous with that might be uh, is a good solution, especially for those kids that are super social. Um, you know, I know of we're currently under quarantine right now for for a few more days, but um, you know, once that we're out of the clear and we've been you know, at home for 14 days, then make you know potentially allowing your kids to be around other people that you know for sure have been quarantined and don't have a risk of of contagion. Um, you know, if you have a neighbor or somebody that that a family member that's maybe a little younger that the kids can play with. And, but also if you are gonna let someone in the home, if you are gonna let your children around someone, making sure that you know exactly, or as much as you can, the exposure that those people have had is important. So, you know, you have to have those tough conversations with friends and family, and and it, it might seem prying, but you need to ask. You know what's been have you what's been your have you been quarantined for 14 days how much have you been out of the house uh, do you have an essential worker that is not able to work from home that's going somewhere you know probably having the child of a nurse or a doctor that's in the medical field and at a hospital all day is not the smartest move mm-hmm. agreed well thanks kelly for joining us and uh, providing guys this uh, these insightful tips and recommendations for them to take action and, and see their lawyer i appreciate the time Thank you for having me. Well, guys, uh, that wraps this one as we talk about the proactivity and the things that guys need to do uh, during COVID-19. We're going to continue on in this series as we uh, just dive right in into specific topics that affect guys uh, before, during, and after. Again, the three questions you should be asking, what can I do, uh, what should I do, and what must I do? And as you listen back to this podcast and 
the ones that we've done, uh, you should be asking yourself those three things because we should have been answering those for you. If you uh, need to set up a consultation, you certainly can do so. As you know, we set up telephonic and virtual consultations now, uh, relaxing some of our retainers to provide some financial relief to guys who need to file now. You can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW, or you can go online at cordellcordell.com. Plenty of resources out there on mensdivorce.com, mensrights.com as well. So I uh, hope that the rest of your week is, is good. Stay well. Until next time.